The Cone of Silence. As we record, it's September 5th, 2019, and we have a Librem 5 ship date. So let's start with the facts. Purism will begin shipping the Librem 5 at the end of September. It's happening in what they're calling a series of batches over the months to come. The earlier that you pre-ordered, the earlier you are slotted to receive your phone. Right, so if you are concerned about quality, well, maybe opt for a later batch. Yeah, and they're going to give you that option. We'll get to that here in just a moment. So the initial batch of the phone at the end of September and early October, the hardware quality is, quote, individually milled, loose fit, varying alignment, unfinished switch caps, handcrafted. Yeah, and on the software side, well, this is going to be the initial release of Pure OS, and turns out software updates, yeah, you're going to have to poke around in a terminal to get those applied. On your phone? Yeah, on your phone. A little tiny terminal. Uh, the shipping window for the first batch is the 24th of September to the 22nd of October, so it's that whole window of time. That's a pretty big window. And then the second batch will bring up what's called a, quote, tighter fit and improved alignment for manufacturing. Uh, that will begin at the end of October through the end of November. That will also be where the software stack gets iterated. Now, they're hoping that by December, they'll have all the switches properly capped and have a better handle on things like power management and other software improvements. And then after the holidays, from January through March, their next batch will have various hardware refinements, uh, the graphical PureOS store, and other PureOS improvements. And then it's Q2 2020 when there will be a real molded nice case with software support, which would be a, a, probably what a lot of people expected would be shipping this quarter, like an actual phone that's rough, but it's a finished product. Yeah, it does seem like now that their conception is 2020 is when the Librem 5 will really be ready for wider scale adoption. And they're even planning a version two of the phone with a 14 nanometer, quote unquote, next-generation CPU. Yeah, nothing more specific on that than uh, end of 2020. But with this announcement, they didn't really indicate whether the batches are size similar, if the case is going to be changing. We still haven't really seen any final pictures outside of rendering. The price remains at $699. I thought it was going to go up, but the price remains at $699 for the 5.7-inch 720 by 1440 screen with an NXP MX8 quad-core CPU with 3 gigs of RAM, 32 gigabytes of storage, 802.11n, Bluetooth, and a 3500 milliamp battery. Now, they are making it possible for you to say nope and ask for a later batch. Like I mentioned earlier, when you ordered it is in the order in which you will get the device. So if you are a very, very early backer, you'll get a more early-style prototype. Purism writes, this is Todd Weaver, the CEO, on their blog, we will contact each customer to confirm their shipping address, which modem and power supply they would like, and confirm which shipping batch they are currently scheduled to receive. Yeah, they're going to give you an opportunity to select a later batch than you're scheduled for if you just prefer to let things shake out a bit. There's a lot to soak in here. There is probably a lot to process. So I thought in order to help us take this full thing in, in its context, because what they're trying to achieve here is pretty substantial... I thought it would be beneficial to go back to Linux Unplugged, episode 212, back from August 2017, when the Librem 5 was announced. And the Librem 5 is Purism's attempt to build 
a GNU slash Linux powered open source phone that uh, respects your uh, privacy and your GNU slash freedoms. Now it's going to start around six hundred dollars, which is actually a pretty pretty reasonable price for a bona fide smartphone. That's the world we live in. Now I I have a, quite a bit of skepticism about a fundraiser for one point five million dollars for a smartphone in twenty seventeen. Uh, but I thought before before we really even go there, uh, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about it. It uh, They say it'll be the world's first IP native mobile handset for a new kind of cord cutter. And that cord cutter is one that's cutting the cord from the cellular network. And the other thing about this phone is it's not shipping iOS. It's not shipping Android. It's shipping PureOS, which is their Linux distribution. They're working with the Matrix project to get that calling and texting. It's going to be like a full-fledged messaging platform. Wow! It's not just phone calls. It's going to have a 5-inch screen. It'll have hardware kill switches for the camera, microphone, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and the baseband. That's a lot of switches. It is a lot of switches. It's kind of like spiky on the outside of the phone. Maybe. I'm wondering. I'm wondering about that. They say they're going to have a separate CPU and baseband. They're going to have... Really? mm Mm-hmm. That's... Now that's something. So... What do you think, Wes? Twenty seventeen, to get in to get a phone of any real substance, uh, to get a phone and a charger, you got to back it at five ninety nine, six hundred US dollars. An estimated delivery is January of twenty nineteen. That's a long. That's that's a, that's a ways away. And I wonder. It, it just seems like there's been a hard time in the past to, to get these things. Like right now, if I could have that phone right now, yeah, all right, that seems great. I would try it. I would use it. I'm, I'm curious about it. A lot of that appeals to me. But that's a long time. We've seen things slip in these kinds of projects. And the money I'm paying is money today. Will that really have mm-hmm. sold the same value in a year and a half or whatever? Back to the present. So you were concerned. One of the, You had a couple of concerns in there. But let's start with the last one there. You were concerned about January of 2019 and the price. Now, here we are in the f- nearly fall of 2019, and what we're getting are iterative batches. How do you feel about that date now? There's still a lot of interest in the device, right? They are they are trying to pursue some some never-before-done things in the mobile space. It would be hard for me to view it as much more than an experiment at this case, though. I mean, just looking at the specs on, like, the Pixel 3 I have in my pocket, I don't know that even if I got a, a phone that would work in all technical capabilities, not never minding the appearance don't know that I would be able to really or, or want to just slot it right in. And we're on the eve, literally, as we record this, of a new iPhone announcement, which will have, I'm sure, astronomical specs. And the Pixel 4 isn't that far away, right. which will likely have astronomical specs. So it's it's more than getting lapped. Um, but you're right. The bigger picture here is they're trying to achieve something, and they needed they needed to snapshot the hardware at some point. And they talk about that new processor at the end of 2020 right. in their announcement. So they clearly know that this is an issue. Like the screen isn't competitive. The size isn't competitive. The battery life isn't competitive. The software isn't competitive. What's competitive is th- their safety and privacy uh, pitch. Right. There's a whole perspective here, right? A philosophy that's underpinning all that they're doing. So I, uh, I noted from that clip, one other thing is it was really positioned early on as a Matrix first phone for the uh, cord cutter of the cellular network. Do you remember this? Right. And um, they even got the Matrix project to co-announce it with them. And now that's really not really a big thing anymore. That's Matrix really was the focus. so hot right then. Um, it's a bit of a puzzling announcement from where I sit. 
I, I feel this is in my opinion now. This is just we're done with the facts that uh, this is a departure from their previously announced shipping plan. And in that clip, they say January of 2019, when they announced the delay in January, they made it sound like it was over a simple CPU decision that they just hadn't really decided yet. So once they got that nailed down, they'd be ready. And then they they adjusted that to May. And then there they had some issues they hadn't resolved. So then they said, okay, well, it'll be Q3, Q3 of 2019. At no point did they say, and then in Q3 2019, we're going to ship what are not glorified dev kits, but closer to dev kits than they are to production units. That didn't seem like that was the expectation that was set. And so my first question is, is, well, how do backers feel about it? Because that's not what you agreed to. Thankfully, Purism has given themselves a very nice escape hatch here by saying, well, we'll contact you and we'll make sure you're okay with everything. Now, my issue with that is all the batches until Q2 of 2020 are essentially pre-production, less than general production quality. They're not great. They're, they're going to get better over time, but until Q2, Q3 of 2020, it's not a finished product. That could be a lot of people that want to punt. And that price isn't as competitive anymore. Those specs aren't as competitive anymore. I, I have kind of a real puzzled take on this. I'm, I'm conflicted because I appreciate what they're attempting to accomplish. But part of me feels like this would have been a lot cleaner if they just initially were a lot vaguer on dates and didn't really nail down specific dates with all of this momentum around them and all of this attention. And, you know, they in every video they've released recently and constantly in their messaging, they've been saying end of Q3, end of Q3. It's like, why don't they just back off and say end of end of 2019? And then, uh, you know, a punt into Q2 of 2020 is, is no big deal. But they were so adamant about January 2019. And then it's going to be this date. Now it's going to be this date. And I feel like that led us astray a little bit and set, misset expectations. Yeah, I mean, we need less hard or expected to be hard deadlines and more kind of other details. And, you know, one way to look at this is they've kind of just slipped again, right? I mean, what we expected is now just going to take longer. And I think, I mean, I think that is true and maybe not all backers feel that way. The other way to think of it, though, is maybe we are getting a bit more transparency because we, you might not be getting what you want, but people are going to, it looks like, start getting their hands on more and more of the actual handsets. And that'll, you know, show the rest of us kind of what's actually going on behind the scenes. In a perfect world, what would happen, and who knows, but in a perfect world is people that don't want these early, early units, they nope out when purism gives them the opportunity, which we'll really have no oversight over. So that won't be transparent. But assuming they actually do it, which I guess we have, we can take them at their word. A perfect scenario would be that app developers, yeah, app developers, uh, people who want to, want early access to play with the phones, so they can start building the software. So when the more finished product ships in uh, twenty twenty, it's got some good software. And Pearson does say they'll do that once spots free up in the early batches. Yes. They'll slot in anyone who's interested. I tell you though, I remain pretty darn skeptical because, I mean. Gosh darn it, if not every single commitment now is being missed. And so now how do I have any faith in their 2020 commitments? Because what I seem to be observing, again, this is the opinion part of it, but what I seem to be observing is a lack of insight into the requirements of the work. So they're unable to accurately predict when releases are going to be. Because when they punted in January and then later on that year to Q3, they they were really 
sort of nonchalant about, oh, it's, it's not really a big deal. But now when you look at the state of the software, the state of the OS, the fact that it can only update from the command line There was still, a lot left to be done regardless of hardware. Yeah. That, it clearly was never, ever, ever going to be done completely anytime, even by now. Right. That must have been clear. So they're either not able to fully appreciate and assess the work or there's some misleading. And the other area of concern that I remain very interested to get more details about when it comes to transparency is I very much would like them to now be implicitly clear. Like I'd like a matrix up on their website, just really super all out there. These are the components that require proprietary blobs. This is our estimated date when those proprietary blobs will no longer be required. These are the blobs in which we may never be able to replace. We are not sure yet. You know, you could have the same thing for the manufacturing, too. Like what, what parts aren't ready? What parts are you still got to work on? If, if you're transparent with it, then we can't have our expectations missed. What, what a new standard that would set. Like, you want to change the mobile industry? Set that bar pretty high because you're not going to set it on build quality. You're not going to set it on OS quality. You're not going to set it on app ecosystem. You're not going to set it on number of consumers and customers that buy your product. Those aren't going to be the bars that you set in the industry. But this is an area when it comes to privacy and transparency that's a big lever they can pull on where they can really differentiate from the big guys because they are little. And I feel like that kind of transparency where you got a matrix of where the builds are at, what state the cases are in, what rattles in the case if you say loose alignments, like let's be clear about it. And also let's be clear about what still requires proprietary blobs because the people that are really backing this are That's a big concern. It's free, they're concerned about free software, Absolutely. right? So I think that's a big important detail that I'm not yet seeing, but maybe they'll get there. You know, it's all a process. They got right. lots to do. And that's the thing is – what we'd like to be see is, is signs that they're getting better, right? We knew that there was going to be a lot to learn. This is a hard, you know, mobile is a hard space to play in, and they're trying to do something unique here. But if they're going to have a, another second phone, right, many phones down the line that are going to be successful, easier, we need to see them progressing. Yeah. And maybe some more information about the state of PureOS, because my understanding is right now it's got some basic functionality, uh, like web browsing and uh, early power management. But it's not touch-optimized. Right now, if some interfaces require a stylus, it seems, from yep. observation. And um, there's not really like a, a, a cohesive, clear overall UI design. It's a little bit mishmash right now. Uh, these are things, though, that can resolve over time. But I'd love to see like what some, what some goals are in that regard for the OS. Again, not in some wordy blog post that's filled with ornamental words, but with... A genuine, just easy-to-read, like, matrix or timeline. Like a wiki page. Straightforward, easy for technical people, who are your backers, to consume. So that way they can make fully educated decisions. And if they're willing to contact each backer individually and ask them, what modem would you like, which power supply would you like, and would you like a different slot, why not go that extra step? Why not put all that stuff out there on the web? Because if... That could probably be where a lot of, when they reach out, a lot of questions are going to get asked. Absolutely. You need a reference for them. Yeah. So I think it's an opportunity, too. It's, and it's, it'll, it'll save them writing out an email every time explaining. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad I didn't back because I feel like I would prefer something that's a little more finished. And so where my position is, is I remain probably more skeptical than I ever have been. But I'm trying to appreciate the greater context here. And if they could get something mid-2020 or even late-2020 that is comparable to, say, like a Nexus 5 in terms of speed and, and capabilities where I can get some basic apps that I need, like navigation and messaging, I, I, I'd 
probably be willing to give it a go. Right. Once they've got a little better track record under their feet, you know, actually shipping something and getting some improvements, a little more transparency, this could be a platform I'd like to invest in. The one thing they've done here is they've been pretty detailed in the phases. Like we just read it out earlier, when, what batches are, what's going to happen in those batches. It seems to be like they've tried to really scope out the work. Maybe they have a better understanding than they did previously. So now now that we have this roadmap and it's on the web and documented, we'll just be able to sit back and see how they deliver. And then this is a great chance for them to build up credibility and just hit every single one of these milestones. Yeah, be upfront with us. And And when they slip, just set a new bar for transparency. Make sure it's really super clear on where things are at. It's a real opportunity here. It seems like people are really upset right now, but I, I just never really foresaw anything else happening. Like, look at the scope of work here. What did you expect? Right? I mean, yeah, maybe that's not what they committed to. So they set your expectations wrong. But if you if you just look realistically, at, this is just look gonna... at the problem domain. Yep. And the, and the, and the craziest thing about it that we have to keep in mind is it's constantly moving. Yeah, the other the big boys they don't stand still. No, it's just crazy fast. So not only are they trying to enter into a market, but they're entering into a market that's moving at eighty miles per hour. That's pretty difficult. So. Mixed bag on this one. Very puzzling announcement, I feel like. Yeah, there's a lot to still watch for. Yeah, so we're just we're just doing all of this on the release day. There's a lot more digesting. Uh, I'm going to think about this some more, do a lot more reading, talk to people, see what feelers I can get. Yeah, of course, we don't have a stake in this at the moment beyond interesting yeah, in the technology. Yeah, it's great for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> but how the, backer fe- how the backers feel, that's, that's also really important. 